Welcome to Equipus Christchurch. Equipus Church is a whole lot of friends championing one another to go higher in Christ. For more details, check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. Somebody say, all right, all right, all right. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, I don't know if y'all ready for this man. But he ain't got nowhere else to go. And that's the truth. Today, if you, let me give you something. Let me give you something. Let me give you something to think about today. Everybody say, why? W-H-Y. Come on, say, why? Do it one more time. Say, why? This morning, before you leave in about 35 minutes, I want to explain to you why. Why people go to church, why you see churches, why you see the cross, why you see steeples, why people tattoo the cross on them, why people put the cross on chains, why all this is happening. You're going to leave today understanding why. So everybody say, why? Good job. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says this. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us. Now, let me stop right there. It says, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us. Not you, not me, but us. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Why is it through Jesus? Because we had a debt we could not pay. And God knew that if he sent his son, he could be the debt that could set us free. So by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, he, Jesus, set aside, nailing it to the cross. Now, my thing is this. Why the cross? Why would he do that? Some of you may not know, because now the cross is like the most celebrated symbol in the world <laughs> But when it was created, it was meant to humiliate any human who ever did something wrong. The cross was meant for murderers, rapists, thieves to publicly kill you in front of people that they never forget what you did. And they wouldn't do wrong either. Why would Jesus do that? And the Bible says that he took the shame and the scorn of the cross and he flipped it around. That's pretty cool, I think. Now, you're going to go. I know some of you are like, okay, help me out here. Help me understand. I'm going to help you understand. When I was growing up, my church, we always did big Easter plays. When Easter came, we would do a whole weekend. We'd do like 15 different services, and we'd had actors. We had everything. One time, we had a six-foot, seven-inch Jesus. That's my kind of Jesus right there. Some of y'all got Jesus as some Norwegian blonde dude with a white dress and a purple sash running through the woods hugging trees, all right? Uh-uh, my Jesus is Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Terminator saying, I'll be back. That's my Jesus right there. You can do what you want, I'll do what I want. Hey, Liverpool, nice win. All right, here we go. Sorry about that English premiere because I'm a City fan. <laughs> but now we're good. Otherwise, I wouldn't have mentioned that. <laughs> you would have probably jumped up, yelled at me, and ran out the door. <laughs> good job, good job. Are you all okay? <laughs> Some of you are like, what do you know about football? <laughs> I'm not just an American. <laughs> I love this. Who's never seen me before, ever? Raise your hand. That's why you're looking like that. It's all good. I got this. <laughs> I'm a professional. <laughs> Sometimes. All right. Okay, look, Jesus. Okay, so one time, <laughs> the six, seven Jesus, we did not know he was a diabetic. And on Saturday, we did five shows. 
somewhere between the third and fourth show, we started noticing that when he was hanging on the cross, he really shaking good. And I went up to him and said, bro, you playing this great. He goes, my sugar level's down. I'm diabetic. I'm going to go into a coma. I went, oh, we can't let him die, all right? This would be a bad day to let your Jesus actually die in the tomb. So I said, cool. Hey, can you make it till you're in the tomb? He said, yeah, I got this. I said, well, I'll put a Big Mac and a Coke, and you'll get your sugar level back up, and then you'll be good. Cool, cool, cool. So we put a Big Mac and a Coke in the tomb. So when Jesus went in, he must have been loving on that Big Mac because he forgot all about it. And then the stone rolled away, and the spotlight shined in, and here's Jesus holding a Big Mac. Just a whole nother thing going on right there. Little kids were going, dude, Jesus the man. He went through the drive-thru, came back, and come from the dead again. It's awesome. It's just the way it, we're like, yes, he did, kids. Yes, he did. Don't tell him. Yes, he did. He did. And then one time, one time we had a, uh, like a firefighter, and he wanted to be the angel. And he says, I could zip line from the balcony to the stage and then roll the stone away, which was cool. Six times. But on the seventh, we forgot to check the rope, and it had gotten loose. So he got about row nine, and he didn't fall. He just went in a tailspin. It was awesome. He's like, look at the angel. He could do tricks. You know? Kids had all these stories. It was not good, not good, not good. But Jesus did it for us. I remember one time um, we had a, a doctor, and it was cool. We videoed him. And while Jesus is hanging on the cross, he described what a crucifixion was. Now, give me, let me give you the 30-second version. The crucifixion is there to help you suffocate on your own body fluid. So you literally drown to death with no water. You choke on you. And to order to do that, they have to hang you in a certain way that you're below this parallel line. That's when your lungs can get rid of what it doesn't need and get oxygen that it does. So some Roman dude figured out how to hang a dude in a way that he just chokes to death which is crazy not good, okay? And they had a way, and the nails in his hands, it was really in his wrist. You see, you got two bones that come down here and joint that wrist. It was pretty sturdy. If you hit it right and not hit a vein, you can make a man literally hang on his wrist. And the only way he could breathe is if he pulls himself up above that horizontal line, take a breath and fall down. And I'll never forget, I'm sitting by my dad, and the narrator said, hours passed before the death of Jesus. And then this dude popped up and started explaining that. My dad looked at me and said, why do you think it took him so long to die? I said, I don't know. I'd have died with the first swing of the first hammer and the nail. He's like, he's dead. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to die, why suffer? But he knew he had to. It had to be by his stripes we are healed. It had to be that he went through the darkest of nights so that we can make it through our darkest of nights. It had to be that he made it through the suffering so that you today can make it through your suffering. And now my dad goes, he says, I can't, I can't explain this. He says, but this is what I know. He says, I believe God was man and God. Man and God. He's God's son. So he was man. He took human form. He says, but when he was on the cross, I believe that his God nature inside him rose up. So while he was still dying on the cross, he could have called 10,000 angels to get him off, but he didn't. Instead, he used this God part to think of every name of every person 
person that would ever live on the planet Earth. And not only he kept pulling himself up, breathing, falling down, pulling himself up, breathing, falling down. And he kept thinking and seeing pictures, every name you would get. You, he knew what you would name your child before you named your child. He knew, he knew. And he thought of them. And he thought of you. And he thought of your great-grandkids and your great-great-grandkids. Only then did he see the last face of the last person that would ever live on Earth. Did he say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He did it for us. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, he's getting warmed up. Oh, yeah, I'm getting warmed up. He did it for you. Somebody touch your neighbor and say, Jesus did that for you. Touch your other neighbor and say, no matter what you're going through, he did it for you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know I'm not telling you nothing you don't already know. Y'all know all that. Y'all know all that. But have you ever really thought about all that? Because my job today is simple. I am here to show you. How I figured this all out. And I figured it all out because of my, my, my parents. You see, uh, if you've never heard me, um, my mom gave me away when I was born. I had one name until I was 14, Reggie. I grew up in foster care. She gave me away to her favorite teacher who had a husband who was a school caretaker or janitor. They raised me and taught me about Jesus and everything. They gave me their last name at 14. I grew up hard. It was hard because I could not understand why my own mom would give me away. They, my mom literally said, she gave you away because you're a mistake and she wished you were never born. They didn't hold back anything. And I used to say, it's all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. But I said that when people were around. But when nobody's around, I was not all right. I am not all right. So from 8 to 21, I was highly suicidal. But I'll never forget one Easter. My mama came in. My foster care mom. She sat us down, me and my brother, and she said, today I want to tell you a special story. And this morning, it's going to help you and me understand what Jesus did. And it goes like this. Early on a Friday morning, before the sun even rose, a teenage boy was sleeping and he heard something out his window. The sun wasn't even up yet. But the boy could not help look. As he raised the window and looked out, his window faced the back alley. He saw a man, big brother, about six foot four, arms like tree branches. He looked like Thor before the last movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> As he did, watch, he's in the thick, thick night before the sun rose in an old, he's pulling an old cart, this man was, and he was singing. His song rang out through the filthy night. It rang out so sweet as he could hear the boy screaming, Rags, Rags, trade your old for new. This teenage boy, it caught him. Something leaped inside him. He said to himself, I've got to follow this man. So he took his, grabbed his clothes. He got dressed, climbed out his window like he had before, and he went to follow the man. As he got down to the street, he kind of lost him. Then he listened, and he heard, rags, rags, trade your old for new. There he is. So he ran around the corner just in time to see the rag man stop put his cart down. He looked over and behind the house on the back porch was a woman. The woman had a handkerchief and her face was buried in the handkerchief and she was crying and crying and crying. She was weeping so hard that her shoulders shook and the man, the rag man, he reached into his cart, 
and he pulled out a brand new handkerchief that looked like it had gold lacing around it. And he gently walked in the backyard, walked up to the lady, and he kind of whispered to her, Rags, trade your old for new. Trade your old for new. Reluctantly, she gave him her rag. He, he gave her his. As the rag man put the rag to his face, he started weeping, crying so hard that his shoulders shook. And the woman just stopped crying, smiled and said, thank you. And the teenage boy was like, what was that? But he was hooked. He couldn't give up. So he followed him, kept following him. And then, almost hidden by the trash was a teenage girl. She obviously had been hurt because she had her head wrapped in bandages. You could see one streak of blood going down her cheek. The rag man stopped his cart, reached in, and he pulled out a beautiful bonnet. He walked to her. And he said, Rags, trade your old for new. The teenage boy was close enough. He's looking at the girl, and he knows the girl sees the rag man, but she was looking right through him. It was like the lights were on, but there was nobody home. And he's like, trade me your old for new. And somehow she nodded yes. And the rag man put the bonnet in her hand, and he started undoing the bandages from her head. The more he undid the bandages, the more she started shaking her head. And he goes, it's okay. As he took off all the bandages, he put the bonnet on. And it was almost as if a light came on in her mind. And she was like, thank you. And the rag man began to put her bandages on his head. And when he did, this boy, he kind of like almost got caught. He was like, oh my God. <laughs> because the blood from the bandages on the rag man's head started pouring down the rag man's face. He was bleeding so hard. The guy was kid. The teenager was like, what is going on? And he started saying, rags, rags. Now he's bleeding. Now he's crying. Now he picks up his cart and he starts to walk and he can barely move. And he's like, rags, bring your old for new. Trade in your old for new. Crying, shaking. And there was a man. By now the sun is starting to come up. The man was leaning against the light pole had both hands in his pockets. The rag man walked over to him and he switched. He switched what he was saying to the man. He looked at him and said, sir, sir, are you going to work today? Are you going to work today? And the man pretended that he didn't even hear him. And he said, sir, the rag man said, are you going to work today? The man turned his body away from him and said, leave me alone. And then the rag man switched and said, sir, give me your coat. Give me your coat. And the man said, what's wrong with you, man? Just leave me alone. The rag man, weeping, crying, bleeding, said, just give me your coat. And the man leaning against the light pole goes, fine. As he took his coat off, that little teenage boy could not believe it because see when the man took his coat off he took his left arm at first then he swung his left arm over here because he didn't have an arm 
he had shoved the sleeves in his pocket to make it look like he had an arm. But he didn't have one. The rag man took his coat and said, now, you take mine. And as the rag man took his coat off, oddly enough, he did the same thing. He took his left arm out, swung it over, and pulled it off. And when he did, the teenage boy was freaking out because the rag man's right arm stayed in the coat. And as the man put the rag man's coat on, all of a sudden, he has two arms. And this kid is freaking out right now. He's like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe what's happening. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you know what I'm talking about, you got to understand, my mama was the coolest person on the history of planet Earth. All she did was take what Jesus does for us every day day and put it in a story that me and my brother would listen to and understand. Even in this room, there are little boys who are not going to sleep right now because this is highly intriguing. And to those little boys, I need them to know, no matter what happens in your life, Jesus is there. He will walk by at the perfect time. He will be there for you no matter what happens. And he can fix what's broken. He can stop the bleeding. He can even give you what you thought you lost and can never find it's good, isn't it? I know. I told you I'm good. I told you. This morning, I'm here to let you know, hey, can I trust y'all? This is the hardest sermon. Because my wife had a back pain yesterday so bad. I said, just go to the doctor. Go, go to the doctor. She called me right before the pastor picked me up. She said, there's a mass on my left kidney. They don't know what it is. They said, it's been growing there for years. I got to go. I got to go get some more medicine. She goes, don't come home because then it'll get worse. You got to stay and finish what you're doing. But I said, it's going to be all right, baby. It's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. You never would have known if I hadn't told you, did you? But see, somebody in this room, you need to know that hurt and pain don't just stop at the front row. It doesn't stop with the people coming. It also happens to the speaker who's supposed to have everything under control. What am I going to do? I'm going to cast all my cares upon him because he cares for me. What am I going to do? I'm going to lean not on my own understanding, but I'm going to trust in God. What am I going to do? I'm going to let my wife know that all things work together for good to them who are called by God and trust in him. I'm going to have faith, not just mine. I'm going to have faith for her as well. So I don't know what you're going through today, but I figured if I'm going to preach this, I might as well let you know. I probably won't tell nobody else because I don't need no pity because guess what? Everything's going to be all right. But somebody this morning just needed to know that that cross means by his stripes we are healed. Not were, not could, we are healed. In Jesus' name. Hey, there's one more. So now the rag man only has one arm. He's pulling a cart. He's weeping. He's crying. All of a sudden he gets to a place and he hears coughing. And there's an old man underneath the army blanket. He walks over to the old man and he goes, Rags, bleeding, crying, one arm. And the old man looks from under the blanket and goes, Jesus, see, you can fool a kid. But old people been around a long time. And when the old man looked up and said, Jesus, Jesus winked and he says, give me your old for new. And he took the army blanket and he gave this old man the most beautiful blanket ever. And as the man put the blanket around him and laid down, he said, I love you, Jesus. And Jesus said, oh, no, I love you more. And as Jesus put the army blanket around him, he starts coughing and wheezing. 
he turns into the junkyard. Teenage boy still following. Y'all forgot about him, didn't you? Oh, no, he right there. There was the biggest mound of trash you've ever seen in your life. And all of a sudden, the rag man puts the cart down. He takes everything he had collected on that Friday, and he crawls up this hill with one arm crying, weeping, and bleeding. It took him a while. The little boy, teenager, who's following him, he hid in the back of an ugly old car just watching but he watched as Jesus got to the top of that hill. He took that old army blanket, wrapped it around himself, laid down, and Jesus died. He died. The teenager was weeping and crying, and he's thinking to himself, why did I have to see this? What's going on? He must have been really tired because my mama told me that as he laid in the backseat of that old abandoned car, he fell asleep, and it was late Friday afternoon. And that boy slept all the way through Saturday, and all of a sudden, now it's Sunday morning. Now, I got to tell you, there's a good and a bad thing. Number one, something wrong with that boy if he slept that long. <laughs> Number two, it's Sunday morning. Good things happen on Sunday morning. I'm just saying. All of a sudden, it was like so bright. He thought it was just a sunny day until he realized the source of the light was coming from the top of that big old trash mound where the ragman had laid and died. That boy stood up, covered his eyes, crawled from the backseat of that abandoned car, and all of a sudden he saw it was him. It was the ragman, six foot four, arms like tree branches, looking like a stud, like Thor. Before in the last movie. And all of a sudden Jesus looks down at the boy and says, what do you want me to do? And the boy looked up and said, Jesus, Will you dress me? Will you dress me, please? I need to explain something to you, and then let me help you out. There are people here today who have made choices you wish you've never made. You've gone places you wish you've never gone. You have memories that you wish you could get rid of. You cannot. All you can do is give that sorrow to Jesus Christ. You notice everybody in this story, everyone that I talked about, they did not absolutely do anything until they made an action. See, the ragman said, give me your handkerchief. She had to give him the handkerchief before he could take away her tears. He had to give him the coat before he could give him back what was broken. She had to let him take the bandages before she could stop bleeding. And today you have to let God come in your life. In Revelations 2 it says, I stand at the door and knock. If any man opens the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. Let him in today. And if you're saved, let him be Lord. Quit holding on to stuff you can't hold on to anymore. Let him be Lord. Let him touch you. Let him save you. Give him your hurt, your pain, your sorrow, your discomfort. Give him the things that you wish had never happened in your life because he's here to walk with you. He's not here just to guide you. He's here to walk with you. He's not a dictator. He's a savior. And that's what my sermon was today. I had a lot of different sermons I could have preached. But after my wife's phone call today, I said, you know what? think I'm going to preach on the cross because I think I need the cross today. So if you like going, oh man, you preaching like you needed it. <laughs> I did. I did. So I got two people I need to pray for. And I'm going to give you a heads up. Spoiler alert. I'm going to pray for everybody who's going through a difficult time today. Two, I'm praying for every person who walked in this room with sin in your life. And then I'm going to go get some chicken. I got to fly to Auckland. I'm at City Impact tonight. I don't know. I don't know where Peter is. He should be doing his own service, and I take a nap, but that's okay. I'm going to go take care of that for him, okay? Listen to me very carefully. Here's the way it is. Listen to me. 
we've been set up by God. This day, we, some of you are like, how did he know? I needed this. I didn't. I'm not that good. Jesus knew. So let's pray. Father, I pray for every man, every woman, every boy, and every girl. God, I know you love us. I know you care about us. I know you're here for us. God, I pray right now, God, that you would give hope in this room. Give hope where there's no hope. Give joy where there's no joy. God, answer the cry of somebody's heart today. Let them know that you are a will within the will. In other words, when the world slows down, you'll keep turning. You'll keep making it happen. So my first thing is this. If you're in this room and you go, Reggie, I'm going through a hard time. Maybe you're the lady on the back porch of your life. And you're crying in your handkerchief. I just want you to know Jesus is coming by. And he's saying, trade in your old for new. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're a teenager and you've been hurt by the world. And it's been sucking you dry. And it's almost as if you're just going through the motion and you have no life. Jesus wants to take your bandage and give you life. Maybe you're the man leaning against the pole. You made choices that have literally taken away something you think can never come back again, that can never be right again. And you have nowhere to turn, no one to look to, no one to hope. But here comes Jesus. You're trying to push him away, but you can't. And he's simply saying today, give me your coat. Give me your hurt. Let him replace what's been broken. Maybe you're a mom or your dad, and you're like, ah, oh, I've gone too far. I just come here today to bring my kids. They like going upstairs and hanging out. It's never too late. Because you already know who Jesus is. Maybe it's time for you to take his blanket and let him be part of your life. So here we go. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around. On the count of three, if you're here and you say, Reggie, I'm going through something difficult. I need Jesus to help me. I just want you to raise your right hand on three and just leave it up. Ready? One, two, three, go. Just leave it up, leave it up, leave it up. Oh, wow. So many hands. Hey, everybody look up. If you got your hand up, leave it up. I got mine up. I'm standing for my wife today. Hey, look around the room. If you see somebody with their hand up and maybe you don't have yours up, maybe you can help them. Just put your hand on their shoulder. Let nobody be alone. Maybe your whole row has their hand up. Then just say, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. Just touch them right now. Touch someone right now. Touch them. We're going to agree together. We're going to believe. I believe in miracles. I believe in miracles. Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you would help every person in this room. God, I pray, God, that you would give hope where there is no hope. God, I pray, God, that you would give joy where there is no joy. God, we need you to answer the cry of every person in this room. God, let it be, let it be. Let us get God miracle reports, get emails at Equippers Church, how God changed it around this coming week. God, we believe in that. And God, even if you don't, we're still gonna trust in you because we have nowhere else to turn. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody say amen. Hold on, now hug somebody and say everything's gonna be all right. Come on, do it, do it, do it. Let them know it, tap them on the shoulder, say everything's gonna be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Awesome. Ooh, it's 11.15. We're going to beat the Baptist to the lunch. This is good, man. I've been, I love that. They're going to, we're going to get the white chicken before they even get to KFC. Hey, uh, hey, can I ask you, do you know him? Do you know my Jesus? Are you trying to do it on your own? You know, you wasn't born to do it on your own. And you're not weak if you turn to Jesus. When you turn to Jesus, you become stronger. 
So I'm going to pray that. See, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 says, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. You will be saved. Not you can, not you might. You will be saved. Hey, anybody else feel the presence of God in this church today? Good night. Every time I preach here, I feel God. And I know you've gone through it. But hear my words. This church is a light. It's like a lighthouse on a hill by the ocean. And you know why there's a lighthouse? So that anyone sailing can know where the danger is. You're giving hope to Christ Church. And it's just starting over again. You're going to rise from the ashes. And Jesus is going to be your wings, equippers. It's going to be your wings. Here we go. So we're going to do it all together. From the back to the front, left to the right. I need every saint to help the sinner. I need every sinner to help yourself. Because here's the deal. Every saint has a past and every sinner has a future. I'm so glad about that. So we're going to help each other. So here we go. You know if you need Jesus. We're going to declare with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Romans 10, 9. Believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That way we will be saved. So say it with me. Bow your head. Say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I have nowhere else to go. But I realize today, I need you. I need you to save me. So I'm asking you. I don't know why you would love me. But thank you, Jesus, for loving me. And I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. Be Lord of my life. Change my situation. And if you don't change it, I'm still going to believe in you. Because now I know with the words of my mouth and the belief in my heart, I'm saved. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Pastor Tico, come and help me, would you? Just come stand beside me. Here's this. This is biblical. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, if you declare me before men, I'll declare you before my Father in heaven. Now, you can declare me, Jesus, before me, but I got somebody even better, Pastor Tico. He's looking in the crowd. On the count of three, if you walked in this room with sin in your life and you asked Jesus to forgive you today, you need to go public. You need to go public. Something happens when we go public. When we go public, Jesus runs to us. So as he looks at the crowd, if you're here, you say, Reggie. You say, Reggie, Pastor Tico, I came in this room with sin in my life. I came in this room wrong. But I'm leaving a different person because Jesus is my Lord. I said that prayer this morning asking God to forgive me. If you did that on three, I want you to just wave to Pastor Tico and when you see him eye to eye and he waves back at you, you can put your hand back down. Ready? If you did it today, you got saved this morning. You got right with God this morning. One, two, three. Wave at him now. Wave. He'll wave back. Keep waving until he looks you in the eye and waves back. Keep waving. Keep waving. Keep waving. Keep waving. I'm going to have Pastor finish this sermon. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Check out our website at equipuschurch.com forward slash Christchurch. 